Hello, Esther Deborah here, and this is Agape Love. Love is here. This is one of the many video sections of the ministry of Pastor Deborah, helping people the Lord's way. Please enjoy the video, and we look forward to you coming again. Pastor Deborah hopes you enjoy hearing about how she has learned. How to help people the Lord's way and have her many wonderful spiritual experiences throughout many, many years of helping people. Welcome again to a video of Agape Love, Love is Here Ministries. This is Pastor Deb. Love always and forever. Hello again. Pastor Deborah here. Hi, everybody. Everybody take your seats. Oh. Is everybody back who was here last time? That is wonderful. Uh, we're starting a new video. We're still in Isaiah 61, verse 8. And this is the part of it where it says, And I will direct their work in truth. We had just finished up the little section of verse 8 where it said, I hate robbery for burnt offerings and we learned about robbery and a thief and what was stolen and we prayed a prayer and so let's begin this one of the global tele-ministry of Pastor Deborah in of Agape Love Love is Here ministry let's begin with prayer Father we thank you once again for those who you have drawn and you are directing their work so that they may come to you, hear your words of spirit and truth, and learn. Help them, Father, to see the light of your truth and your love. Amen. Let's begin with Proverbs 25.2. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing but the honor of kings that is us all of humanity is to search it out search out this matter so let's begin in verse 8 where he says and I will direct their work in truth it came right after him telling us how we hated robbery for burnt offerings. Now he's going to keep talking to us. He's going to tell us how he is going to direct us in this work we're supposed to do. And in truth, there's going to be some good stuff in it. I got a great story to tell you about myself. It's kind of funny because most of my stories are, some of them are funny, funny. You wouldn't believe it about Pastor Deborah, but it was. But we'll get to that later. Let's read. All right, so he's telling us now, I'm going to direct you. Because, you know, little babies need directing. And we don't know where to go. And if you want to learn a little bit about that, if you'll go to the uh, video blogs, there's some stories on there about a little one who's on the path. He's walking with his father. And they're talking and walking and talking. Go watch those under the video blog section. Also, if you go to the section called Story Time, you'll learn a lot more about this 
God, this father of Isaiah 61, who's talking to us. And he's, he's, he's got a story to tell for sure. He was stepping out of his closet. A lot of people understand that. Because he was very lonely. He was just one. Can you imagine just being one of you? And there's nothing else. So it's great. Called story time. All right. Verse 8. And I, the Lord, your righteous and glorious deliverer and judge and healer, the lamb of sacrifice, your father, your neighbor, the righteous one of your ancestors, of your very beginning, will come to you no matter where you are. And I will direct your work out of captivity and back into the path of life. And then to help you, to renew you, to redeem you, to restore you. Your ancient, long forgotten work. The deeds I set for you to do in spirit. And in truth, when you're first set free, and all of Isaiah 61 has healed you and helped you, you don't know where to go. The whole world is out there. Which path do you go on? Who do you travel with? Where, where does the road lead to? Where is my destination? So he said, I'll help you. I'll direct you. Don't worry. I will direct your deeds. So let's pray. Well, what do I need to pray for? Because we need some help. <laughs> Dear Father, help us to worship you in spirit and truth. Two, help us being your spiritual offspring now, your children, made and recreated in your eternal image and after your likeness to learn about you so we can learn about ourselves. Help us to look into your eyes. Listen. Model for us, Lord, who we are so we can learn. Father, continue renewing our spiritual heart to know ourselves and to become one with you so that we can spiritually work with you in partnership in all the realms of heaven and on earth. Father, reordain us, all of our spiritual royal priests that we were to be unto you. And unto all the world. In its creatures and humanity. Father also recrown us. As kings and shepherds. From the kingdom of heaven. Freely given to us once. And freely returned to us. Help us father to show. This kingdom on earth. Through signs and wonders. Help us to wield correctly the kingdom of God, your influence, 
through prayer, through deeds and actions, so that others will believe in you. Father, relight your spiritual candle that's in us to be a bright, shining light, a voice of you. Your very word of God, of spirit and life itself. Father, help us to relearn the law of agape love. Help us to develop our image and likeness of you, our Father, and of you, our Mother, agape love. Help us to understand, to learn your righteous judgment that you brought against lawbreakers, traitors, and treason. Help us to understand why so many evilness is happening on planet Earth. Help us to know why sickness and disease is here. Help us to understand who is behind it all and why it must come. Father, help us to understand your authority and your dominion. Direct us in these paths that you have for us. Father, help us to understand your glory and our spiritual life and the life we're to live in that glory, in that light. Help us to free our spiritual will to be fully free in you and for it to produce the fruit the thoughts, the images the concepts and to clean our sanctuaries out and then produce the fruit of our lives, of our thoughts and ideas and concepts of life and truth your image and likeness Help us, Father, to receive and gain the spiritual inheritance, the kingdom of heaven that you have prepared for us since before the foundation of the world. Help us to grow and mature so you can release us with the inheritance as you have done, Pastor Deborah, on earth. Help us, Father, to understand this inheritance, why it's needed, why the earth needs it, why humanity needs it. Help us to understand the world as it is now under this God of this world. Direct us in the path so that we may know truth and righteousness. Direct our work, Father, for all the ages and the newness to come that we will understand what we're to do in the new earth and a new age that is still before us Father help us we have lots to do for you help us to work with you in partnership help us to find the right path and not go astray to the left hand or to the right hand help us to travel with you holding on to you as you lead us and guide us so that we may grow and develop, become all you desire. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Father, tell us more about yourself. Listen, children. I will direct you, your work, to find me and yourself. I will lead you, guide you into all truth. For it is the only truth. For it is only my truth that you find and you believe in and incorporate into your spirit into the newness of your life as a reborn child of mine that will set you free of being a child living in ignorance and darkness and slavery to the flesh and its insatiable unquenchable fires of lust and from the pains and needs of one's physical body. Little ones, your spirit must grow. It must learn. I must direct you in the paths of righteousness and truth. Then we will work together to free your soul for it lives in ignorance and it is bound to the lust of the flesh. And I will shine my light into your body to bring healing when you believe. Here are some ancient words about this guiding, this leading and directing. This Lord will do in truth for us, for all of humanity, spiritually. Psalms 11, 7. For the righteous Lord loves righteousness. His glorious loving countenance. His face. His heart. It does look upon the upright. That's us. Who are now new creatures. In Christ. Born again. Born out of that flesh. Hebrews 4.12 applied. Or severed. Come out of our cocoon. We're brand new. A new creature. No more that worm that went into the cocoon. But a brand new creature that's never existed. That's who we are now. So he's going to help us. And he's going to direct us. And he has applied this Isaiah 61 to us. Job 36, 7. How excellent is your loving kindness, O God. Therefore the children of men, flesh creatures, put their trust under the shadow of your wings. Hmm. We're going to be walking under his wings, just like a little duckling, a little chicken with its mama. 1 Peter 3.12 For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil he is not looking at your soul your soul's an evil thing still no matter how good it intends to do things he's only after your spirit and from there we can work on the soul Some people only get the chance on their deathbed or in hell 
to get their spirit saved. That's what's going to live. You'll get a new body. If we can get your spirit reborn, the spirit will get a new body to live on a new earth. That is no problem. So let's define a few words for us. The word direct means to give, to put, to make, to add to, apply, to appoint, to ascribe, to assist and assign to avenge, to bestow, bring forth, to cause to change, to connect, to restore. Remember, Pastor Deborah loves definitions. Me and my Webster's Dictionary were very close. In fact, it is my son's 8th grade dictionary he used. Please get a dictionary if you can. If not, ask the Holy Spirit to define the word. He'll show you through nature, wherever you live. You don't even have to have the written word of God. A lot of people want a Bible, but a lot of people can't get them. Pastor Deborah has no money to give you in a Bible. I have no Bibles to give. There are free resources, but if you can't get one, he will teach you from nature. It is explaining himself. He'll teach you through insects and trees and fruits and winds and water. Lack of water. Through the dirt, through the bugs, through your own biological body. He'll speak if you are seeking answers. The word work means one, wages, work, two, reward, three, to do, four, deeds, five, beliefs, to ordain. The word truth means one, stability, two, certainty, three, truth, four, trust, worthiness. Five, assured. Six, establishment. Seven, faithful. Eight, right. Nine, sure and true. Ten, to build up. Eleven, to support. Twelve, to foster as a parent. Thirteen, to render or be firm or faithful. 14. To trust or believe. 15. To be permanent or be certain. 16. To be certain. 17. To go to the right hand. 18. Assurance. Believe. 19. Established. 20. Be faithful of or Continuance, 21. Steadfast, sure, trusty, verified. 22. Trusted, trustworthy. The word righteousness means to glisten, to be golden in color. The word eyes mean a fountain, outward appearance, Continence, face, favor, knowledge, presence, and sight. The word ears means the structure or the ability of hearing or to hear. 
open and listening. The word prayers mean a petition, a prayer, a request, supplication. So to help you how these words are spiritually important to us, we need the Holy Spirit. And we need to listen and go slow. There's a story I'm going to read later called Trust No Man and I Do Not Hear Them. And there'll be another one called Do My Work that I'll do later. But right now we're just letting you know about that. What we have learned so far is that the Lord loves judgment. I think he does. And he hates robbery for burnt offerings, for sacrifices of praise, worship, and thanksgiving. When you pray or you do a burnt offering and you seek him, even if it's just with your soul. Usually we're asking, we're seeking from him blessings, maybe a relationship of some kind, favor, intimacy, forgiveness, mercy, comfort and peace, healing and joy, maybe earthly blessings, food, shelter, clothes, Victory over some enemy. So we're seeking many things from the Lord. Well, I decided to help you a little bit and tell you some stories before I go too far. I think I'm going to have to take this part of verse 8, divide it up in maybe two or three. But in this one, we were talking about being directed by God on the right paths of truth and I just want to tell you how I got started in one of my many many stories I believe it's up on the website in the section called prayer and fasting volume 1 but I want to read this was a just give you a little bit about what this directing looks like so you'll know it's called separation from lawbreakers Proverbs one twenty three. The authorized King James Version. Verse 23. Turn you at my, the words, my reproof, my rebuke. Oop, I'm going to get rebuked here. Behold, look, I the Lord Most High will spiritually pour out my spirit unto you. Oh, Pastor Deborah. I the Lord will spiritually make known, reveal, and bring into spiritual light truth of my spiritual words of spirit and life unto you. That is what it means to be directing your path. That he reveals his words of spirit and life to you and connects them to your life your activities that you do, your beliefs, your deeds, things you're doing. So this story came very early in my spiritual journey 
for spiritual intimacy with God, the Lord Christ Jesus and the Holy Spirit. What I had wanted was to have this relationship with this God, this Heavenly Father, as Christ Jesus did, as he was demonstrating and talking to us on and during his earthly life. I had learned that my only uh, model to look at, to listen to and follow, was Christ Jesus. I was to develop in my mind his way of thinking, not anybody else's, not any teachers, not any prophets, but his. So I had to listen to the word. And he was telling me and showing me how a son of man, his spirit, anointed with the Holy Spirit, would be and have a relationship with his father. So each year for the fa- my family, we would go on a vacation and we'd go to Canada. They had a cabin on a lake up there. Well, the vacation was always during the 4th of July holiday. So fireworks and sparklers were needed. But buying fireworks in Canada is more expensive than in the U.S. So out of greed to save money, fireworks were bought in the United States and illegally smuggled into the country of Canada by not declaring them at the border and not paying the duty taxes on them. So by lying to the border customs agent, greed and lying and hiding was at work. I did not do the buying or the hiding in the car, nor talk to the border customs agent in Canada. But I knew the fireworks were hidden somewhere in the van. So the 4th of July came, and in the past years I would go outside and participate in the celebrations and enjoy the fireworks and the sparklers. But I didn't like the boomers very much. Remember, these fireworks were brought in illegally. They were lied about. The taxes that was due them were stolen from Canada. But I was in ignorance at the time. And this is how God directed me to walk in his paths of truth. My spiritual life would forever be changed this one particular summer. As the 4th of July celebrations were getting started outside in Canada, the Lord clearly spoke to me and said, I could not participate in the activities nor enjoy the lights. The fireworks were brought into the country illegally. Thus, an act of lawlessness to the law of Canada, and therefore I could not be a part of it or enjoy something through an act of lawlessness. Now, if we take that in today's world, if you come into a country illegally, smuggled in, break in, cross by boats, come in illegal, you're lawless. And you have no right 
to enjoy the pleasures of that country. It was an illegal act. Doesn't matter the reason. Doesn't matter why. These were what I was learning this summer on the 4th of July. It wasn't only about fireworks. It was about getting jobs, lying on your resume. Marrying somebody you didn't love. Telling somebody you loved them when you didn't. Only marrying somebody for money and prestige. Breaking into people's homes to get stuff. Lying to the public if you were a politician. Stealing their money. These were all acts of lawlessness. And they would not be tolerated on this path of righteousness that Pastor Deborah was trying to get on to help people the Lord's way. So God picked something that I knew about that was in my life, very direct, connected to me. These stolen, illegally brought into Canada fireworks. So I did not go outside or even look out a window to enjoy the sparklers or the fireworks. No, instead I went upstairs to my room, closed the door, put on my headset for two hours at least. I just kept my eyes closed and danced, bowed my knees in prayer, and laid on the floor in worship. God was teaching me. He was directing me. He was showing me a powerful spiritual truth that when you know of, participate in, now I didn't put the fireworks in there, but I knew they were there. If I wanted to help people and be in righteous relationship with him, I could not have any pleasure out of it, could not participate in it. You see, if I was to have the spiritual desire of my heart to be one in spirit with the Heavenly Father, as Christ Jesus was, I had to spiritually take a test, pass, and learn to love and obey law. All law I had to love. Somebody's Tuesday, so on my computer's talking to me, just ignore it. Even every earthly law, whether it was the speeding laws, whether nowadays it's telling you to wear a mask, keep your social distance. How about the drinking and driving laws? How about the laws of life? We try to save the elderly, but we don't care about the little ones in the womb. Some countries will do forced harvesting of organs. Kill people to get their organs to make money. So I had to learn a valuable lesson about loving law and what lawlessness meant. <coughs> I had to become obedient and to love law. I could not even partake of activities and celebrations that come from acts of lawlessness. 
not even fireworks. I could not go over the speed limits. I had to obey all. Obedience was my protection from Satan and death. So if you desire a spiritually intimate relationship with the Heavenly Father, as the Christ had and still does, and you must become a lover of law and become obedient to it. A fear, a respect of law, both for the kingdom of heaven and man's earthly laws. You cannot be lawless and be a spiritual man and soul, for you will be called a lawbreaker. And you will not get to become one spiritually with the Heavenly Father. Oh, you'll be one spiritually with the other God, the God of this world, the God of Satan, the adversary of God. Your flesh and your body love lawlessness. And your spirit will go right along with it. You'll have no conscience about it. It is seared. You will think evil is good and good is evil. But I didn't want that kind of thoughts. I wanted to be on the right path. So I had to take this test. If I wanted to be one with this God. Be blessed. To keep death at bay. To be able to speak to the winds and the thunder. To help people. I could not participate in lawless activities. So I learned. That the heavenly father is the spiritual law giver. You will be in his courtroom. For he is the judge of the universe. He and his laws. Of spirit and truth. And the spirit of life will be presiding over you and your disobedience. And Satan's legal request to attack you and destroy you through death, sickness and disease, enslavement and entrapment. They will be there on the other side waiting for the judgment. Death, the spiritual separation from intimacy of the relationship of the Heavenly Father. Separation filled with guilt and shame, a seared conscience, lust and the heart of Satan, what we just learned about in part four. Death in all areas of one's life and then eventually your earthly life. Death is a part of this world. The earth will speak against you. It has rights. It has power. When viruses and diseases are released, death is at work. It only knows disobedience and lawbreakers. And it will do its work. So I became very physically and spiritually aware of and loved law. I also became very aware of lawlessness. Obedience became paramount to me. 
And I began seeing disobedience everywhere. Not only in my own physical and spiritual life, but it, excuse me, but in the physical and spiritual lives of others. To help one understand the spiritual lesson that I had just learned many years later in New York City, New York, in the United States, I was tested again to being obedient to law, man's law. It's called the Red Man and the White Man. This story came about suddenly and brought such great sadness to my heart. My son and I were visiting the city of New York City, New York, and walking the streets. As we came to a side street, and boy were there lots of them, there was always an electronic sign that either would show a red man for stop or a white man to walk. The red man was a legal, lawful symbol for us. The walkers not to cross the road, the street, even if it was a side alley. So we would be safe and for order. The white man was the legal, lawful symbol for us. The walkers, that it was now okay to cross the street for safety and order. I was shown the lawlessness of the people at each and every street. Even when the red man symbol was on, people still crossed the street. Though there may not have been any cars coming, just a little side alley. But I knew that the city had spent money putting up those signs. They cared deeply for law and order and safety. They were not doing it to hurt me or constrict me or make me a slave and keep me from not being free. No, they really loved me, and this was their way of showing it. I would tell my son, stop, so that we would not walk across the street, even if there was no cars coming. I told him that the city did not spend all the money on the electronic signs to be mean to us, to delay us, or to hurt us. No, they spent all that money, one, to keep us safe and to get everyone to their destination, two, to keep order and prevent chaos and confusion and disorder from occurring. You can see that in some movies. The one I just watched was a Bruce Willis movie. I think it was one of the uh, Live Free or Die movies where there was a fire cell and uh, these people changed all the red lights to red and all the green lights and it was a mass confusion. You'll see that everywhere. Then when you watch Captain America and he's trying to give in New York City the policeman some orders how to set a perimeter the policeman got angry because he was given orders by this Captain America. And the Captain America said it's to protect the city and to fight back. And so law and order is a good thing. And so the city did not want this disorder from occurring on the streets for both protest, 
for both pedestrians and cars, taxis and buses. Three, to prevent death and destruction. So we would just stand by ourselves as many people, children and babies, crossed the street with the red man's symbol on while we waited patiently for the signal to change to the white man, which gave us permission legally to cross the street to be safe. I told my son that each and every person, even the babies, who were crossing the streets when the red man was on, were lawbreakers, lawless, and God would not and could not protect them from disasters. Even if you were in a stroller and you were pushed across, you will suffer the effects of lawlessness. People who were brought into countries as children, they're a part of the law-breaking of their parents or their smugglers or their traffickers. They, too, will suffer these effects. Are they curses? Yes. Death will work. It has that right. And God would not protect them from the disasters, the destruction, the confusion, the disorder, the mental illnesses, the human trafficking, the death that was to come. The people had no spiritual clue or even respect for the law of man, for law in general. The law was there to provide protection for them and the cars to disallow confusion and disorder from ruling and reigning the streets. Even parents, when they tell their little children, no, don't cross the street without looking. Don't put your finger on the flames. Those are laws, commands to protect, not to hurt. But the soul believes you're restricting me. Who are you to tell me what to do? And some people have to learn the hard way. And some people have to go away into prison or death to learn the lesson the hard way. Law provides a protection from disorder, confusion and destruction and death, from ruling the land, the territory, the streets, the hearts, the businesses. So when a law, so when one is lawless, doing illegal things, one is not protected by the God of the kingdom of heaven. He won't even be protected from the God of this world, from Satan. Believe it or not, Satan loves law. You obey me or you die. It's just that simple. You want blessings? Obey me or you die. I'm flipping my pages here to see where I'm at. The Heavenly Father, the God, the King, the Ruler and the Judge of the Kingdom of Heaven is a God of law, not lawlessness. No one of illegal activities, not one of illegal behaviors. Now, Satan has a lot of illegal behaviors, but he is a God of law, let me tell you. You break his law, he kills you. It's that simple. 
He won't tolerate it. Unless you can give him another sacrifice of blood. Buy your way out. Make a deal with him. But somebody will die. I found that out a lot when I was working with multi-generational Satanists. If they got saved, somebody's going to be punished. May not have been then because their breeding was accurate. But a child would die. Skinned alive, raped, burned, heart cut out and eaten. Somebody was going to pay the price for somebody's lawlessness. Pain and torture, mental illness is a pain and torture. You're breaking laws. Being locked up in prison, you broke a law. Going to jail, you broke the law of man. So I had to learn how to become a law-abiding citizen, love law, and understand how it works for my favor. To God the Heavenly Father, it does not matter one's reasons or excuses for the lawlessness, the activities, the actions, the thoughts, and the behavior. All you got to do is have a thought like Satan. Right there. Not even done the deed and you've already done it. You look at another person and lust after them. It don't matter what sex. A child, you've already done it. You've already done it up here. It's a done deal. may not have carried it out, but you've already done it. When we see your behaviors, your actions... They just the physical body carrying out the soul's heart, thoughts, ideas, concepts. It's already done up here. So, only one's obedience to the law is accepted to God. Maybe man's laws are not right, but they are. you are to obey them. Don't have to agree with them. Can do it legally to try to get it changed. But there are spiritual laws. Like the spirit of life. You violate that. And it doesn't matter your reasons, your excuses. You're going to face the judge that gives spirits to the human body. And you will have to explain to him. Why you voted for abortion on demand. Why you chose the woman over the baby. Why you made money on the baby parts. When you enslave human beings for any reason, you will answer to him. Oh, Satan may be mad, but he's not the ultimate judge. Even telling oneself that you're in a hurry You can't wait. You want a better life for yourself, for your children. You can't wait to go through the right process. Everyone else is doing it. Who am I hurting? What does it matter to you anyway? Whatever. I'm a free person and no one controls me. I'm a global citizen and I can travel freely to any country that I want to. I know best. No, only being a law-abiding spiritual person, being man and soul and physical body, can and will God the Most High love and protect. 
You violate the laws of your physical body. You put too much sugar, fat, grease. You don't exercise. You smoke. You won't lose weight. You violate the body. Death is on its way. So I became a lover of law and obedience. Even to street signs, stop signs, crosswalk signs, or other laws of countries. I also became very aware of lawlessness and disobedience of man. Are you a lover of law? Do you obey law? The law of other countries? God's law? Have you participated in acts of lawlessness by yourself or of others? Do you break the law? Do you break the laws of the kingdom of heaven? Do you snub your nose, your heart and mind at the laws of a country and its government? Do you break the law of vows and covenants and contracts? And here's how that works. If you get married, you take a vow to love and cherish your mate. And you go and start having thoughts about, and you see somebody else, and you wish you were there, and blah, blah, blah. You have broken that vow that you took before God and to your mate. You have broken it up here. You become lawless. You're an adulterer. You've never had any physical contact. But let's say you'd look at a picture. Ooh, he's a good-looking guy. Oh, she's good-looking. Wow. Lawlessness right there. You're an adulterer right there. Remember, that's where all of Satan's stuff started. We learned in part four. Right there. Do you break your word to others? Do you lie? Do you steal? Do you break the law and don't tell anyone? Are you spiritually lawless? Are you a physical being who is lawless on the earth, in your town, in your city, in your thoughts? Do you serve and obey the laws of nature? Do you serve and obey the laws of the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life? Do you serve and obey the laws of the world, the globalization, the new world order? the world community, or the kingdom of heaven. One has to look deeply at one's own life to see if you are a lawbreaker, a lawless one. Do you hate or love law? What would the spiritual judge of the universe say about you? Your thoughts, your actions, and your behaviors. What will the books in the kingdom of heaven have written in them about your works, your thoughts and deeds, your imaginations and desires, your behaviors? What will be written in the books of deeds about you and your life? Lawful or lawless? Obedient or disobedient? Legal or illegal? And that is one of Pastor Deborah's many, many stories she's going to tell you in this section. Here's another story that will help you where we are in verse 8 so far. 
about how God directs you into the path that he needs you to go in after he heals you and Isaiah 61 is completed and worked out in your life and you have an understanding of the robber and the thief. He says, I will direct your work in truth. And here is one of the ways that Pastor Deborah got directed. And I can talk to you about this because I lived through this and a lot of it wasn't very nice. This one is called Trust No Man and I do not hear them. This story comes about during a church service and the pastor, the preacher, asked all of us to get with our most trusted prayer partner and pray. I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, Trust no man. I did not get a verse or chapter, just trust no man. I knew that was the word of God. As I looked around, I saw strangers. Get with strangers. That was weird. Pastors with other pastors. That even more weird. Friends with friends. And I asked myself, were these really the most trusted prayer partners for these people? I thought, surely that couldn't be right. So I just prayed with the Holy Spirit as my most trusted prayer partner. I turned around, kneeled down on my pew, closed my eyes. And I just trust. Because he already told me, don't trust any man to be my most trusted prayer partner. So the Holy Spirit in me, we just prayed. Partners, I thought it was pretty neat, really. So I was listening to the word that I had been reading. Applying, it was reminded to me in this situation, test time. I heard the voice. I don't have any trouble with that. I obeyed. It was a law. And I prayed with what the word said. Man was not my most trusted prayer partner. So I prayed with the Holy Spirit. That's another topic you have to study. Okay. He was my most trusted prayer partner ever. The prayer partner who is on the earth with me and lives in me of the kingdom of heaven and who is the one who is my spiritual comforter and teacher and guide into all truth into the word of God himself who could be better and more trusted so he and I prayed by ourselves together as I kneeled on the floor leaned over the pew together with the Holy Spirit Then after a few minutes of that prayer time, the same pastor directed everyone to get into groups of 12 people. He stated that the Lord did not tell him to do this, but he thought "Mm -hmm." it was a good idea and would be good. He said 12 was a good number and was considered one of authority in the Bible. Let's do it. I watched as people gathered into groups of 12. I said to myself, If the Lord did not order, command, guide, direct, lead the pastor to do this, then I'm not going to do it. Pastor Deborah's rebellious when it comes to certain things. Not going to follow every voice out there. I'm only going to listen to one. 
I am only going to do what the Lord himself orders or asks us to do through a pastor or a preacher. That came from listening to Jesus and the four God. He said, I only do what my father shows me and tells me to do. That's all. A lady came over to me and asked me to join them. I politely said, the Holy Spirit would not let me. So I turned around and kneeled on the floor, leaning on the pew seat by myself and prayed by myself with, um, with, of course, my most trusted partner, the Holy Spirit, to the Heavenly Father for souls to be saved, marriages to be restored, for people to be healed, demons cast out. Then I heard the voice of the Lord say to me, Look down there, my child. What do you see? I was in the spiritual throne room of God, the Most High. Excuse me for keep looking down because I got to keep reading. For I had spiritually left the physical earth and my body. And was in God's very spiritual presence. I looked down from the spiritual throne room of God himself. And saw but could not hear about 2,000 people below me. Praying in earnest to God. The Lord God said, They are not up here with me as you are. That is all the people there in the church who followed the leading of the pastor. I do not hear them. I did not order this and therefore it is not of me but of the flesh. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Two thousand people in the flesh. A non-directed activity, prayer, praying to God for salvations, healing lost souls, deliverance, rebuking Satan. For these were always the prayers of revival. These 2,000 people were believing that they were doing God's will and that their prayers were being heard. And therefore God would answer them. My spiritual life and understanding took a huge step of growth. It was vital that I read the Bible over and over. The Holy Spirit will bring to my spiritual remembrance what I had read. I had learned in this case that it is only what the God orders that I'm to follow. Anything else was lawlessness and of the flesh. And he was not obligated to hear it, answer it, and have any contact with it. That was a hard lesson that day. My heart was sad. I believed all those people in their hearts believed God was hearing them. But he wasn't. And he didn't have to answer their prayers. They followed 
another voice, the pastor, the voice of the flesh, not the voice of the Holy Spirit. Later on, I ran into a few people who did as I did. They stayed on the wall by themselves praying. They didn't join a group. They too heard the voice. But that was not of God. But I had to believe and be willing not to follow the herd. Even under great pressure. Anywhere I was. The church, school, in the family, in ministry, out in public. Anywhere. We are so spiritually ignorant of the words of spirit and life. And that our prayers are not heard. We follow man and flesh. We break the law of spirit and life. We don't even know the laws of the kingdom of heaven. We don't follow God alone. Not God's word alone. We cannot stand up under pressure from the herd of the flesh and man. Peer pressure is so strong and intimidating. And therefore our spiritual intimate relationship and protection and blessings with God and his word is dulled, it's disobeyed, it's annulled, it's not happening. It's underdeveloped in our spiritual hearts and minds, fruitless and void of righteous spiritual fruit. And our spiritual hearts and minds and souls are deceived, and our prayers go unheard and unanswered. I learned that day to not follow man, even a pastor or a preacher. I learned that only the Holy Spirit was my most trusted prayer partner ever. I learned not to follow the herd no matter what. I learned to walk alone in prayer with the Holy Spirit and to be in the Spirit. I learned that to be in the will of the Heavenly Father and I would pray only as he directed me to pray. My prayer life was different from that day forward even to this day. I had many, many opportunities to follow the herd or go it alone with just the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. I passed every test, every trial, every pressure from the herd and still do. I was becoming more and more just as Christ Jesus was during his earthly life. I was developing the full mind of Christ a lawful abiding mind in my spiritual heart and mind and learning how to live from that foundation. I was growing in the word of law. I was a law-abiding citizen. Here's another story to help you understand being directed by the Lord in truth. This one is called Where Two or Three Are Gathered in My Name. This story is based on the scripture of Matthew eighteen, nineteen through twenty, and first John five, seven through eight. Matthew eighteen, nineteen through twenty. These are the red words of Christ Himself speaking to us. Again I say unto you, that if two of two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask it shall be done for them of my father which is in heaven verse 20 for where two or three 
are gathered together in my name. There I am in the midst of them. First John 5, 7-8 through 8. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. Verse 8. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. Well, one evening while I was walking my dog, Puppy, was his name. I asked the Heavenly Father a question. I said, Father, you know we are told in church to get with someone and have them come into agreement with us. So all your words of Matthew eighteen, nineteen through 20 and 1 John 5, 7 through 8 can be fulfilled and our prayers answered. Well, you know, I spend a lot of time by myself, at home, in my car, in hotels, walking, etc. And if something happened to me, I would not have anyone to come into agreement with. About my situation, it might be life or death situation on my hands, you know, like mine. So, who would be there for me to come into agreement with? So my prayers would be strengthened and heard I heard the voice of the Lord say to me through the Holy Spirit I'm here on earth with you for you and I make two and if you come into agreement with me and the Holy Spirit the word of God will be fulfilled I am your teacher and comforter on earth and I am living inside of you and I am always with you wherever you go. You and I together make two in agreement. Wow. Such spiritual revelations I was being directed. My path was being directed. According to verse 8. In truth. Well that sure made sense to me. And it really opened up my spiritual understanding. I was not to be dependent on another human being to get my prayers answered or strengthened. I was to be 100% total in fellowship and dependent and coming into agreement with the three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, the Holy Spirit, who are three but one. And with the three that bear witness in earth, the spirit, the water, and the blood. That is a whole bunch of people and things to come into agreement to. I learned the Holy Spirit was my comforter. And that Christ, the living spiritual word, would leave me. Would never leave me, excuse me. And I had the most effective and trusted prayer partner with me always. The Holy Spirit. And he prays for me to my heavenly father with groanings and utterances. When I do not know what to pray, I needed no one else. I was not to be dependent on anyone, no human. What a wonderful peace came to me. I would always have another to come into agreement with no matter where I was or where I went. 
I once again was spiritually revealed, directed by truth, to be revealed a great hidden spiritual mystery of the Word of God and that Jesus knew and practiced during his earthly life. He never prayed or asked anybody to pray with him or to go into prayer for him. He prayed by himself. No, he prayed and talked with God, his Father, alone. He totally came into agreement with his Heavenly Father and the Holy Spirit. Now I too would be able to be more like Jesus spiritually, live like Christ did. Total in agreement with his and my Heavenly Father and the Holy Spirit, not dependent on another human. The mind of Christ was being more and more developed in my spiritual heart and mind. My spiritual heart and mind was being renewed in truth and in light, directed by this Lord and God. So I never asked anyone for prayer, to pray with me, to come into agreement with me. I never set my faith with another's faith in one accord. No, I never do that. I walk alone with all those in heaven and all those on earth. The threes in one. So that helps you a little bit more to learn how God directs us in truth on this path that we have to learn how to walk on. And he's here to help us. So those, I got one more story I think I'll get to you, but I'm not quite sure. Got to take a break. Hello. I am back from my break. It's been several days, believe it or not. Same jacket. It's Pastor Deborah again. Different hair because I took a shower this morning. But I'm going to finish up this particular part. I think it's part 6 of Isaiah 61, part 8. I'm sorry. Isaiah 61, verse 8. I have been typing since 6 o'clock or 6.30 this morning. Finished up a story on the prayer and fasting section called She's Mine. Excellent story. And um, got lots to do today. But I'm going to finish up where we were talking about sort of an introduction into verse 8. Which was saying, I the Lord will direct their work in truth. I've told you some stories about what that looked like, but I want to tell you one that started me off. Then I'll finish it with a story that shows deeper what this looks like. This one is called Do My Work. Early on in my training and my education to learning how to help people the Lord's way, I had to be dealt with on a few areas. Most people will. And one of them is what this particular verse is talking about. How the Lord will direct us in the work that he desires us to do in truth. So listen to this story called Do My Work. It happened to me probably... Oh, back in 19, excuse my firewalls talking to, maybe 1995, very early, when I was making this transition 
from being a mental health counselor to being one, a pastor, a shepherd, and helping people the Lord's way. This night I had gone to church and um, God talked to me. He's, I must have heard him all my life. I just didn't know it was him. But I'll read the story to you as it's written. I think it's in also on the website in the section called Prayer and Fasting, uh, Part 1. So the Holy Spirit revealed spiritually to me what God the Most High words of do my work meant. Do my work. This story happened on Thanksgiving night, November 1995. While laying in the Lord's spiritual presence on a floor in a church. You could have this anywhere. In your dreams, in a car, at work, sitting on the toilet, in the shower. God talks to me strange places. But I happened to be in a revival service at this church called Brownsville Assembly of God. The evangelist was called Steve Hill. And he was teaching us how to get our lives right, back with the Lord, and get on with his business. So this night, I had gotten prayer. I always had a tendency to fall under the power. My physical strength went away. I would lay on the floor for maybe two, two and a half hours, and God would talk to me. The peace of the Lord would come over me. I had never experienced this, but I was not afraid. So on this night, Thanksgiving 1995, I had been going to this church, oh, maybe six months. And so I received prayer. And it was called to receive a touch from the Lord, which I can do for you right now. If you want a touch from the Lord and receive how Pastor Deborah did in the spirit peacefully and calmly, I'm just going to reach my hand up like they did to me, touch you right there on the forehead. Father, touch them as you touched me with your presence and your peace. Speak to them as you did me. In the name of Jesus. It was simple like that. I fell. You don't have to fall. You can stand. It just, that's up to the Lord. But sometimes, in this type of prayer, our physical bodies and our soul are very resistant. I used to have, I was eventually on the prayer team, and I would have to take chewing gum out of people's mouths. Stop, they would start trying to work it up. Some of them were very resistant and fearful and prideful. I never was. I just wanted God to touch me. I wanted his peace. I didn't know what it was, but I was very easily able to receive from God. Some of you aren't. Something could be in the way. There can be demonic walls and strongholds. can be pride in your soul. can be fear. can be that you go up and you hold hands with a partner or a spouse, and they keep you from receiving. I was never afraid of falling. 
It was wild and crazy. You can see some of it on YouTube. There are some vis uh, videos, I believe. Type in Steve Hill or Brownsville Assembly of God Revival, and you'll see some pictures. I didn't question it. I knew in the satanic world, or at least I learned later, that this uh, was also done in their world. But it wasn't done by the peace, the presence of God. It was done by demonic spirits. So you do have to be careful. You have to be discerning to know who's praying for you. Now, I didn't know much about that at the time. So I had to pray a prayer that God would protect me from things I don't didn't want. I wanted his pure touch, not anything else. And I couldn't tell at the time what was him and what what wasn't. One little story I'll show you how that works as I had gone to a um youth pastor of the church to pray for me. It was late on a Saturday night. And I stood patiently while visitors were getting prayer. And I waited my turn. And he left. And he never prayed for me. But he knew me. And I did learn later that this was God's hand of protection for me. Because I had prayed that prayer. The next day in church, this youth pastor got up and gave a testimony. That his son the night before, which was Saturday had gotten a revelation from God. He had been playing in Pokemon. He was a Pokemon tournament master. And his parents were buying it for him, taking him there. And he got convicted that this was wrong and demonic from the Holy Spirit. Now, I did not know that at the time. I was seeking prayer from this youth pastor. But he was telling us that he too got convicted after his son told him his story. So God was protecting me from these things coming through Pokemon that wanted to touch me and wanted to take the place of God. But God, in my ignorance, just kept the, the youth pastor from praying for me because I was so willingly to be touched spiritually. My spirit was open to God. And I just thought this youth pastor, that he was okay. But he wasn't. But I didn't know that. So out of a prayer of protection, only desiring the pure and holy presence of God, God protected me, even though I didn't know it at the time. That's another story of Pastor Deborah. I got so many of them. Because this walk was going to be so important for God. But on this night, Thanksgiving night, 1995, I go to get prayer. Just like it did you. Fall down. And it was to receive a touch from the Lord. Now in Satanism. In witchcraft and the cult. A lot of them have. Come into the church and they will pray. Father sort of will see it in Catholic. Father, Son and Holy Spirit. They make crosses. Okay. But their spirits are not right. I'm not saying that Catholicism. Has wrong kinds of spirits. But these people infiltrate the church and seek to pray. And what ha what they're trying to do is give you some of their stuff. And if you have any demonics in you, they want to take it to get stronger. A lot was going on. I had to learn all of this. So I'm laying on the floor in the peace of the Lord. Just enjoying 
It was the best high, the best drug you could ever get. Better than heroin, marijuana, anything. Didn't even need... And it was something that I recognized that all of the heroin addicts and those on every kind of pain pill, fearful, were seeking but couldn't find was this peace of the Lord for their spirit and their soul. So I'm laying there and I hear the Lord's voice, which I never had trouble hearing, and I don't know why. A lot of people do have trouble hearing the voice of the Lord, but I didn't, and I still don't. Now I pray a prayer that God will help my spirit to hear him, because that is what hears it, not my soul, but my spirit hears the voice of God. Sometimes I get a picture, sometimes just a thought, sometimes just a scripture, but no, when I get a scripture reference, I get no verse and chapter. Sometimes it's just something I watched in a movie. But I'm always, my spirit, I pray that my spirit is always attentive, alert, my ears are listening, my eyes are looking, that it's always ready to receive whatever it needs. Then the spirit will release that, shine it out to my soul, and my subconscious mind of my soul go, and I can do ministry in that realm of the soul where the mental health counselors work and in the spirit realm. I might be talking to somebody with multiple personalities, zoned out, knocked out, not even the right spirit in the right human body. Had that. Those are other stories. Goodness. All right, let's get back to this one. Do my work. So I'm laying there just peaceful as ever. And his voice was very audible to me. Uh, I don't know if anybody, if you walk past me, you wouldn't hear him talking to me because it's all in the spirit. It's to my spirit. And he said to me, do my work, just like that. Well, I'm used to talking. So I talked back and I said, I said to him, I know. Now, you got to get this attitude Pastor Deborah had then. Well, I know what your work is. Now, I'm thinking your work is evangelism, preaching, teaching, okay, Bible study. I knew what his work was, don't you? But I said, but where do you want me to do your work? I was looking for the where. See, I already knew, at least I thought, what his work was. And Most High God answered me again and said, Do my work. (sighs) And I said again, I know what your work is. But where? See, I'm thinking of a place. Do you want me to do your work in a church? In a jail, be a missionary. Where do you want me to go? I know what your work is. You don't have to tell me, do your work. I knew what it was. That was pride talking. Do you, where do you want me to do your work? Now, I was trying to get answers. I was arguing with God. Boy, was he patient. (laughs) I was full of pride. I thought I knew. And so do all of us. Excuse me, my nose. 
I thought I knew what his work was. And I told him that. I know what your work is, just where do you want me to do it? I did not know when I'm laying there and I'm talking to him what the God, Most High God meant until his Holy Spirit started opening up the Word of God to me. Because I was commanded, do my work. Now remember, this is in relationship to Isaiah 61, verse 8, where he tells us he will direct our work in truth. He'll direct us. Boy, I didn't know much that night. Got up off the floor. I come home. I got no answers. But he's faithful. His Holy Spirit knew I needed help. So, the Holy Spirit revealed spiritually to me the next day. What God, the Most High, his, what his words and what he was saying to me of do my work meant. So, I was instructed to look up scriptures. That's where he always takes me, to the word. Alright, so, first one I went to was John 6, 29 in the authorized King James Version. Verse 29. This is the work of God. Uh oh. I think I'm getting on track now. That you believe on him who he has sent. God has taken me to his written word to spiritually explain to me and reveal his spiritual hidden words of spirit and life. Of do my work. I go. Well what do you mean? Sir. I always called him sir. Huh? I'm confused now. This was the work I was commanded to do. To believe on him. Who he has sent. I was being spiritually taught. Through this revelation of the word. That I was to believe on and in Christ Jesus. The word. The very outbreathing. The offspring. The coming out. Made flesh. Who was sent by his heavenly father. To do his father's work. Here on earth. And to restore lost spiritual children. To him. Okay. And bring the kingdom of heaven to them. Okay. Okay. But I had been saved since. Before I was five years old. Probably three or four. Didn't I already believe this? Hadn't I already been praying to this Jesus? Through this Jesus? I'm confused now. I thought I already believed this. But there was more. The Holy Spirit had to spiritually reveal to me. So I could truly spiritually understand. So off the Holy Spirit took me again. To John 14.12. The authorized King James Version. 
Verse 12, truly, truly, I say, Christ Jesus speaking unto you, Pastor Deborah, and of course to you who's listening. He, that means me and you, who believes on me, Christ Jesus, the spiritual works that I spiritually do, he, Pastor Deborah, will spiritually do them also. And greater spiritual works than these shall Pastor Deborah, be me, do. What? Why? How? Because I, this Christ Jesus, go unto my Father. Okay. I'm totally confused at this time. I was to believe, I learned. Even though I've been saved since I was three, four, five. And thought I was believing. I had been. But not at the deep level. There are levels of believing. There's a baby, infant level of believing. And there's a deep, mature level. He was trying to take me to that deep, mature level. The level that Christ Jesus was at. He was trying to get me there. Why? So I could do what Christ Jesus did on earth and greater things. But by the work I had to learn to do was to believe deeper with more understanding, more knowledge on him, the word who was sent. I was to believe without doubt or wavering or fear. On Christ Jesus. The word of God. Then I would spiritually do. The spiritual works. That he did. And even greater spiritual works. Than he did. Because he's gone unto his father. God was trying to get me somewhere. He was directing my work of believing. So he could mature it. And grow it. So I could do the works that Christ Jesus did. And even greater works here on earth. But he had to develop my believing. It had to grow and develop. Become a mature, mature believer. This spiritual work of believing. And doing as Christ Jesus did. Would spiritually require me. To become one with the Heavenly Father as Christ Jesus was and still is. The Father needed and could only be glorified if this relationship between me and Him were as one. If I had learned, developed, and believed and came into this relationship with Him as his son Christ Jesus did then he the father would be glorified and work freely as he wanted to with me with through his agape love and majestic power he could work with me through me 
as he did with his own spiritual son, the Christ, the anointed spiritual king of the kingdom of heaven. You see, I had been desiring a very intimate spiritual relationship with this God of the Holy Bible who talks so much in the Old Testament was a talking God for sure and who spoke through his son Christ in the New Testament I had wanted to be one and as close to him as he was with Adam in the garden where they walked and talked in the garden freely. There was no church service, no praise and worship, no song. They just talked. And then he came along with Shem, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Moses for sure, King David and Solomon, and all the prophets, and his only begotten son, his word himself made flesh got a dirt body named Jesus put the spirit in Christ anointed it with the Holy Spirit the kingdom of heaven and this spirit being became the Christ the anointed king the anointed one I didn't know how to get there spiritually but I wanted this deep personal spiritual relationship with the Heavenly Father so very much. So because I was seeking that, he could talk to me. You got some work to do. You got to believe deeper in me, in my word. You got to study my word. Doing my work is believing at a deep, deep level with me, becoming one with me. And then and only then can I do the deep things I want to do with you and through you. So I had some work to do. I did not know the price I would have to pay. And it was going to be a big one. For this very spiritually close relationship with the Heavenly Father and to do His work As he was directing me. As in Isaiah 61 verse 8. Is instructing us. I was going to get the truth. The truth was going to guide me. It was going to be his truth. And he was going to direct my work. With him. Through him. And the work that I needed to do in myself. And it started off with me. Having a deeper. More mature. Belief. In him who he sent his word. I knew I would live a different spiritual life. Than my brothers and sisters in Christ. I would spend more time in solitude prayer. I'd have to go to the mountaintops. Didn't get much sleep. I would have to spiritually learn. How to be swift and accurate. With my prayers. For people's lives would depend on it over in the kingdom of darkness and even family members all sorts of things and I would have to spiritually learn how to hear God still 
small voice in every situation. Boy, God was directing my work that he needed done so that he could get his job done and him and I could be one. I would be asked to give up emotionally, physically, mentally, all that I treasured and to be more obedient to him than others. This very spiritual and natural lives of lost spirit, excuse me, the very spiritual lives and physical lives of lost spiritual children would be dependent upon my total and immediate obedience to the voice of the Most High God. My work had to be developed. My believing had to grow and mature. He was directing me. He was showing me how I was getting the mind of Christ. How I had to think and believe. And I had to believe in the word that was the Christ. In the kingdom of heaven. He was directing my work in his truth. So I could help him reach precious children in the kingdom of darkness. The spiritual road would be one filled with great loneliness. But my spiritual heart and my mind and soul would be filled with the greatest joy. And I would be close and intimate, one with God, the Most High, as he was with his Christ, his Son, his anointed king in the dirt body named Jesus I knew I would become more isolated from my brothers and sisters in Christ as well as my earthly family and friends I wouldn't fit in anywhere I really would develop this I don't you're not as important as he is so that I would become closer and closer to him. He had to cut everything off from me. Emotionally and out of my soul. And I had to be willing to let it go. If I got kicked out of a church. If I had no friends. Nobody invited me. That was okay. I was alright with that. Because His relationship with me was more important. Because it would be that relationship. Doing his work. Was going to save people. Out of the great kingdom of darkness. Muslims. All over the world who don't know him yet. As the son of the living God. People in the occult and psychics. Multi-generational Satanists. Heavy metal music. Those who are struggling with their gender identity. Anybody and everybody. Every nation and all nations. So. I was being directed. In the work I was to do. 
I would have his complete spiritual covering and protection if I chose this path, if I went this way, if I did the work he told me to do, and I believed at a deeper level, and I kept walking, going after this relationship, this deepness, this oneness with him. All hindrances for the Most High God to spiritually move through me as he did with Christ Jesus would have to be removed from my soul and my spirit and even my physical body. I would, as Jesus did, spiritually learn about and how to operate in all the five spiritual gifts. And all the offices. I would have to learn how to be an apostle. A sent one. Of the kingdom of heaven. Of the most high God himself. Not of a denomination. Or a church. But one he sends. I'd have to learn how to be a prophet. From the most high God. To his people and to others. And to those in the kingdom of darkness. And speak his words of love to them and truth I would have to learn how to be an evangelist one that went out and proclaimed and decreed Isaiah 61 to them and speak about the love of God for them to the lost spiritual children of the heavenly father and the kingdom of heaven I'd have to learn how to be a pastor and a shepherd of his sheep, of his flock, his lamb, his caretaker, and even of the Garden of Eden itself on earth, and over all the resources, the animals, the trees, the wind. I had to learn to be a shepherd. I had to learn how to be a teacher to everyone at all levels. I would become one with the Most High God, spiritual ambassadors of the spiritual kingdom of heaven on earth to the body of Christ I would become one of the most high God spiritual ambassadors an official government diplomat representing the entire kingdom of heaven on earth You see that when you see an ambassador to any nation. They are the government. I had diplomatic immunity and protection. But mine was to this unseen realm. This unseen kingdom of heaven. Here on earth. I would not be allowed to fit into denominations. Created by man. but would be free to go wherever the Most High God said I was to go. Maybe stay at home for years and write and study. Maybe go online now and watch a service online. Listen to webinars and Zooms. Read books. I was not attached to anything but Him. I would be on duty for the Lord 24-7 
Many nights I would get no sleep, but be spiritually taken in spirit to spiritually attack Satan's kingdom of darkness with a host, an army of heavenly angels. Many nights I would just be asked to pray. Sometimes it was just praise and worship. Sometimes I would just stay in the garden and feel his presence. Many nights God would bring precious spiritual children to me in the spirit to pray his words of Isaiah 61 over them. To lay my spiritual hands on them to be healed. Got some great stories about that. I have to tell those to you later. Sometimes I would just speak comforting and loving words of the Heavenly Father as He poured out His gentle, agape love into frightened and terrorized spiritual hearts and minds. Many nights, excuse me, I would wrestle against satanic, demonic rulers and win great battles for the Most High. Many nights I would be in the courtroom of the universe petitioning the judge of the universe on behalf of spiritual captives. I would spend more and more time in God's throne room of grace on my knees and on my face. I would spend many nights standing in the spiritual gap for the children of the night of the darkness as Satan stood and countered petitioned me for the lives of these precious spiritual captives. What a road I would travel. But first I had to learn to do his work. I had to learn how to be directed in that work by truth and that he would direct me. He told me what books to read, what movies to watch. I had to ask could I watch some of the strangest movies that most Christians wouldn't watch. And he said yes. And he would open them up and show them to me. I read children's books. I went and sat in board of directors meetings of transgender people. I went into transgender support groups to let them know that they were loved. There was too much suicide. I listened to them. I just sat and watched their pain, their emotional pain and their struggles. I went to churches that supported LGBTs. And just loved them. I was even asked why a straight person was there. I said because I love you. And you seem to love Jesus. But that one. They were afraid of me. They thought I might bring in some of that. Harsh. Harsh critical. Judgmental law. I said no I just love you. That's all. Trying to mend bridges. I knew it wasn't the flesh I was after. I was after the spirit. But they asked me to leave. They were afraid. And I understood that. 
they were trying to protect their little flock but now that church sad to say is dissolved I went wherever God told me I went to any church he told me to go to Sometimes, one church I went to he says you can't do any ministry you just don't talk to anybody just open your spiritual eyes and watch and I'll show you and he did those are other stories so I had to learn to do his work be directed by him listen to him believe at a deep level like Christ Jesus did in the word which was him what a road I would travel but first I had to become one with the heavenly father so one night as I was laying in my bed in Canada on vacation this was after this night I heard a spirit speak to me I was spiritually able through the gift of discerning of spirits to hear both sides because I had spiritually been given that don't know how it operated don't know when to activate it but he did and the spirit this gift is called discerning of spirits when I started moving in this I thought I was crazy so I went and read some books about some people and I found out there were many others that heard voices seen things in the spirit and they were not considered crazy so I was okay so this voice said to me I want to be one with you and I answered in the spirit what master do you serve because there was a test that I had to ask the spirit and it answered the Lord and I said which Lord now I'm laying next to my husband you wouldn't hear anything audibly this is all going on in the spirit realm and I said which Lord he said the son of the most high God Jesus the living word who came in the flesh to earth died on a cross at Calvary descended into hell and rose from the grave and is now seated on the right hand of his father the most high God I knew then that this spirit had passed the spiritual test of first John 4 1 through 3 verse 1 beloved believe not every spirit but try the spirits test them whether they are of God why because many false prophets are gone out into the world it was a problem back then and it's a problem still today verse 2 hereby know you the spirit of God every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God verse 3 and every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God and this is the spirit of Antichrist whereof you have heard that it should come and even already is it the spirit of antichrist in the world I knew the test I passed this one but I failed it at another one 
and uh, that's called the garden hose I'll get that one that one's on the website so you can pass a test one time and fail it another but you learn so this was the test this was the work I was learning to do being directed by truth I had to do this work I had to learn how to test spiritual voices with this test and if they didn't pass it then I didn't listen to them I didn't continue on in the conversation because they will come to you from the other side the antichrist side and they will appear sound like look like maybe your ancestors a male or a female a non-threatening voice individual maybe a spirit guide maybe just a light but we are to test and try them before we believe and encounter them so this I had learned while he was directing me to do his work upon passing this spiritual test I said to the spirit okay and the spirit and I became one spirit I felt the power and presence of the most high God as I had never felt it spiritually now he was already in me but he exploded deeper into my spirit now this happens a lot in the occult people invite spirit guides in they invite their ancestors they invite other humans and spirits if you want to see a little bit of this go watch the movie Ghost with Whoopi Goldberg Patrick Swayze spirits go into human bodies and a lot of dead ones are trying but they're not the human spirits they're demonic spirits spirit guides ancestors so I knew that that this was going on and they wanted to come in and be a part of your spirit like most high God wanted to be one with us to lead you and guide you so the spirit and I became one after this one I'm going to tell you a story to finish this up I hope he and I were now one spirit together in one physical body I I guess it's not too crowded for him he's sort of like light um, in there I and the most high God had become one in spirit soul and spiritual body he and I were one his eyes were now my eyes his ears were now my ears his mind his heart and his thoughts were now my mind my heart and thoughts his emotions were now my emotions his wisdom was now my wisdom his power his might and his strength were now my power might and strength his voice was now my voice his agape love was now my agape love to and for the world for I now had become agape love itself as he was and is his spiritual purposes and desires were now my spiritual purposes and desires to had become one.
I had been completely and fully spiritually baptized into the Most High God. My prayers had been answered. And so were His. I had answered His command of do my work. One plus one equals one. Now He could spiritually reveal His words of spirit and life from His written book to me. You see, I had studied the Old Testament. And guessed what I saw? God talked. God spoke in many ways to many people. But God only talked with special ones, not everyone. So I studied the lives of those who he had a very close, intimate spiritual relationship with and with those he did not. Then I studied the consequences for speaking and acting for God as Moses did in other prophets when God wasn't angry or he didn't say what he, they were saying or they perverted what he said to his people. That was not good at all for Moses The people will murmur and complain and blame you. And if you, and if God is not angry at them, like he is not angry at those in the darkness, the ignorance, that's long past for him. He grew up, so to speak. Go watch the inheritance videos. You'll see. He grew up himself, and he is no longer angry at those in the darkness. And if you present that he is, that he is going to be very upset with you. God will get more angry at his own people who believe in him and yet are still children and acting in division and hate and will not love their neighbors no matter what and will not forgive. He was directing me in my work in believing. It wasn't about where. It was about believing. I studied King Saul and David and Solomon. And I learned what not to do. I studied all the prophets. One by one. All the judges. Then I really studied God and Jesus' spiritual, intimate relationship they had. This relationship is vital to study. And to learn about and understand if the Most High God is going to be spiritually one with you. And if your belief is to grow and mature. And you're to do His work. And to allow Him to direct you in truth. That's the only way. So I studied. I learned. I observed, I watched spiritually, I listened, watched movies, went to churches, I listened, I listened. I read the Bible over, I wore out Bibles and over, and I watched the Gospel of John, a three-hour movie on YouTube and on a disc for five years every Sunday, 
three hours over and over and over. Watch the Ten Commandments over and over and over. Ben-Hur, Ruth, all of the classics over and over. Read the scriptures, wrote them out, followed the scriptures over and over. Year after year after year, still doing it. You think, I, I, I don't get this place without doing that, do you? I learned about the pride of Paul. and Why he had to have a thorn, whatever that was, in his side. I decided I didn't want that thorn, whatever it was, in my side. So I studied Paul. I looked at him. I read his scriptures, his letters he wrote, and you can see when the pride would come up. You would see him as he's developing the Christian church just in the same format of the Jewish church. I listened to him when he was giving his testimony about how he was the worst sinner. That's pride. And then I would hear his great revelations that he got where? From the Old Testament. So when I learned that all they had was the Old Testament, And Paul, who so many people follow more than they follow Christ. And they lift Paul up more than they lift the Word of God up. I learned Paul only had the Old Testament. Some people won't even read it. But God opened that Old Testament up to Paul. And that's where all his letters were. Great revelations, but he had an issue with pride. He got a thorn. He even prayed to God, please take it away. God said, I can't and I won't. I need you. And I got to humble you. So some people who are full of pride, like Paul, they're going to get a thorn in their side and they're going to have to be humbled to be used. I didn't want to be that kind of person. I wanted to, if I had an issue, God deal with it, let me know, and let's take care of it. I learned about kings and their mistakes. I learned about God's battle. His strategies and his tactics and his victories. I learned about allowing the Holy Heavenly Father to do his work. And to speak through me as he did Jesus. Through my spirit and my own voice. Did you know that when I speak in tongues you won't hear me out loud? It is God actually using my spirit, speaking through with my spirit to me. And I never get the interpretation. He always has to give it to me. That is how powerful this intimacy is. I learned that being spiritually one is a very serious relationship And it carries severe consequences if one does not represent the Most High God correctly to the world. You can misrepresent Him, His love, very easily. I had to learn, I had to study, I had to pray, I had to free myself from all that would hinder me, bind me. The journey still continues today. And I and the Lord Most High God are even closer than in the beginning when I laid on the floor and He was commanding me to do His work. I now have great influence with Him. 
and can speak openly and truthfully to him. I now have the spiritual intimacy I had so desired. And we talk daily and are as he and Jesus Christ were. I am now always reminded of the great responsibility in this intimate personal relationship that it has and the great importance it is to the Heavenly Father on earth. I'll tell you in another video, or you can read it. There's a story about this. He's going to test you in that relationship. What's most important to you? It was called Three Days in the Desert for me. I'll read it to you. He wants to know, do you want this relationship for money, wealth, power, a ministry? Or if he took all that away, would you still be happy? Great story. I think it's up on the prayer and fasting section. He does not like for himself to be misrepresented to the world in any way or his kingdom. He is a he is very protective of his glory and reputation on earth. He is always guarding his presence. He even has Satan. That was Lucifer's job. Protect the presence. Satan is going to protect the sinful people from God. And from God getting to them and killing them. Because his presence is so bright. So Satan is still doing his job. Some people say he's unemployed, but it's not. It's a perverted way, but he is still being used by God. He is always seeking others to be one in spirit with him. But they are so very hard to find. And when he does find one, they do not want to travel the hard road of loneliness with him and him alone. They will not give up things or people or their own desires to be unhindered in spirit, to become one with him. They cannot be trusted by him with his words of spirit and life, with his truth, his spiritual gifts, his wisdom and knowledge, his blessings, his power, his anointing, his riches and glory, his healing and miracles, his kingdom of heaven. His authority and dominion, his peace, his garden of Eden on earth, his sheep and his flock, his little lambs, his wounded and broken little ones, his healing, his spiritual revelations. No, not every one is trustworthy to him. So I learned and I studied and I desired. And I was tested, tried by fire, had to overcome temptations, and I had to be sifted by Satan himself. And I passed each and every test. Sometimes it took me a couple of tries, but I made it. My faith was tried. Faithfulness to God and his word was tried. And I passed my sifting. By Satan. Then it began the journey for all eternity. But always remembering the fall of Lucifer and pride in his heart. The reason for the thorn in the side of Paul. Pride from spiritual revelations. 
the fall of Moses from his anger and misrepresentation to God's people. King Saul and his fear of the people and his pride. King David not being where a king was supposed to be and committed adultery and then murder. And so many others who were in deep spiritual relationship with the Most High God and failed. I would work hard not to be one of them. I would cherish this privilege and great honor above all, above anyone or anything. Nothing has been and ever will be more important in my life than being one in spirit with the Most High God, doing His work of believing in Him and following out in truth. Now, I'm going to read you one more story. And I'm going to show you how this works. And how you take a test, you can fail it, and you can recover. And then we'll end this video, and we'll start the next video on verse 8. I think it will be part 7 of this particular portion of verse 8. Where it's talking about directing our work in truth. I go into much more detail of what that means and looks like. All right, be right back. I'm back. All right, this final story on this one, before we close, is called My Best Friend. This story is about taking tests and failing. Boy, did I fail. And then recovering, as you will read. I failed at first this very important test, but was able through the agape love of God the Most High and the gift of discerning of spirits to redeem myself and close a spiritual door I had opened myself to Satan and his demons. My spiritual failure of this test was due to my spiritual ignorance of the word of God. This test occurred in a church one Sunday morning and I was not the only one of the Heavenly Father's children to fail it. This Sunday morning, the pastor, the preacher, was speaking about the Holy Spirit of God, the Most High. Everything sounded good and right in line with the Word of God. I spiritually agreed with the words that the preacher and the, or the pastor was teaching, and my spirit, the real me, was happy, for it was being spiritually fed truth, words of spirit and life, and being nourished. Then at the end of the sermon, the pastor asked how many of us wanted the Holy Spirit to be your best friend, which is how he was explaining his sermon, to raise your hand. So I did. sounded spiritually good to me. Then the pastor asked all those who raised their hand to come forward, come on up to the front of the church and receive the Holy Spirit as your best friend. So, 
I went. Now please know that I had already spoken the prayer language of and through the Holy Spirit. I was already on the prayer team of a church revival and on the personal deliverance ministry team. And I moved in all the spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit, especially the gifts of the discerning of spirits, the words of knowledge, and the words of wisdom. Yes, yet I still got up, out of my seat, went forward to the front of the church. Why? To be closer, more intimate with the Holy Spirit. So he would become my best friend. I'm way far along. And when you get in this position, you are a target for Satan. Even Jesus was out in the wilderness. You're going to be tested on what you believe. You're going to be asked to do something. Change a rock into bread. Jump off a cliff. Come to the, raise your hand. Come to the front of the church. Satan's behind all of that. Well, up front I went. With many others from the congregation, we were all asked to repeat a prayer to have the Holy Spirit come and be our best friend. Now remember, if you're already saved, you already got the Holy Spirit. But in ignorance and in a moment of desiring a closer intimacy, it's like phew, You just get blanked out and you just go with the herd. So I did. I prayed the prayer. The very next spiritual thing I felt, I discerned, was an invisible spiritual arm around my shoulder. I knew spiritually through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, of discerning of spirits, that this spiritual arm was a demonic spirit. Because of the gift of discerning of spirits and because my spirit disliked their presence and would become sick, nauseated when near them. And yet I felt spiritually sick. I knew. You see, I, the real me, the spiritual being called man, which is a non-gender, it's not male or female, has no skin color is spiritually very, very sensitive to all spirits. Human spirits, both saved and unsaved. Demonic spirits, God and his holy angels. Whether me, the spirit man, get, whenever me, the spirit man, gets around a demonic spirit or an unsaved human spirit, a carnal baby, earthly, born-again human spirit person, My spirit is so vexed. I get spiritually and physically sick at my stomach when the gifts of the Holy Spirit are in spiritual operation in my spirit. I can sense, feel, taste, hate, flesh, and demonics. It just makes me sick. Of course, I do not spiritually control when the spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit are to be in spiritual operation and I cannot activate them myself. No, that is up to the decision of the Most High God himself. Well, guess what my stomach felt? Yep, sick. 
I said in silent prayer to the Heavenly Father, I have spiritually danced with the Holy Spirit, talked to Him, been close to Him, and He never spiritually made me sick at my stomach. And all I heard from the voice of the Lord was familiar spirit. I said, Father, what is a demonic familiar spirit doing with his arm around me? I'll have to teach on all the different spirits. I'm slowly working on that in a section on the website. I've got some of them up. But I haven't done much teaching on them because that is heavy-duty mature stuff. And the voice of the Lord said to me, You raised your hand and came forward and wanted the Holy Spirit to be your best friend. And that is a lie from the pits of hell. For the Holy Spirit is not here spiritually to be your best friend, but your spiritual comforter and teacher. Jesus, my Son, my Christ, my living word, is to be your best friend. So because of your spiritual ignorance, Pastor Deborah, God was telling me of the spiritual role of the Holy Spirit in your spiritual life. You spiritually opened up a spiritual door to spiritually allow a demonic familiar spirit to spiritually come to your spirit. Remember back in Genesis you'll see they're at their door. They're at every one of your gates and your door's going let me in. Please open up to me. Knock knock. I'm and it might look like a stranger's knocking at your door. Or a familiar one. That's what the word familiar means. It's one that is acting as somebody that you want it to be. An ancestor. A guardian angel. Would come to your spirit. Who would then spiritually deceive you. As your spiritual best friend. Instead of my living words. Of spirit and life. I was so hurt. But I knew what to do. Well I confess my sin. By spiritual ignorance. For spiritually. Accepting the lie. From the pastor. And then I rebuked. The demonic familiar spirit. And asked the heavenly father. To spiritually wash. And cleanse my spirit. From its spiritual touch. And to close the spiritual door. Excuse me. To it. Then I immediately went to the back of the sanctuary. To a book table. Saw a book by the pastor. That he had written about the Holy Spirit. And its spiritual roles in our lives. I looked through it and nowhere in his book did it state that the Holy Spirit of the Lord Most High was here to be my best friend. Well, sad to say that many of God's precious spiritual people that day spiritually received a demonic 
familiar spirit into their spiritual lives believing it was the Holy Spirit their best friend we can do that even as a believer in ignorance and in deception with because we there's something in us that wants a relationship and help and it will be offered from the other guy did the pastor purposely speak these words of lies and deceptions to spiritually open a spiritual door to allow a demonic familiar spirit into the spiritual lives of the heavenly father's precious spiritual children in church that morning I don't think so but he could have been but I wanted to believe of course not he wouldn't do that but because of my own past of my own spiritual ignorance and knowledge I failed but this pastor also had a spiritual ignorance of the role of the Holy Spirit and his misunderstanding of the spiritual role and purpose and relationship and duties and responsibilities of the Holy Spirit in a redeemed spirit being man and the powerful pressure from the pastor to be more in touch with the Holy Spirit and for the spiritual heart's desires in the congregation just as I desired to be spiritually closer to God through a spiritually closer relationship with the Holy Spirit as our best friend what he was saying is the Spirit's lonely we all need our BFFs our best friends we all need somebody that will be there for us so that term was used well including me through our own spiritual ignorance lack of truth and knowledge we spiritually opened a spiritual door that spiritually allowed a demonic familiar spirit a demon a devil to spiritually come into our spiritual lives who would spiritually deceive us as our best friend the Holy Spirit spiritual ignorance lack of truth and knowledge of the spiritual word of God a well-meaning pastor a good sermon a spiritual heart mine and so many others desires to be spiritually closer to God following the herd in obedience to the pastor by raising our hands then going forward at the leading of the pastor to spiritually receive our heart's desire of having the Holy Spirit as our best friend I and all the others spiritually opened a door to the kingdom of darkness and its unholy familiar demonic spirits to spiritually enter our spiritual lives and this newly desired relationship with the Holy Spirit 
as my best friend would have been one with another spirit I would have become an adulterer to God himself with a demonic familiar spirit because of my Pastor Deborah's spiritual ignorance lack of truth and knowledge and the role and purposes of the Holy Spirit in a spiritual being's spiritual heart in our life as a Holy Spiritual teacher and not my best friend a best friend will let you slide a teacher won't a teacher's job is to raise you up mature you get knowledge to you transfer knowledge keep pressure on you to grow and learn a best friend they'll let you do anything they just love you they don't care what you do who you are so things were being distorted and I didn't get it I did not spiritually get what I wanted and truly desired which came from a spiritual place a spiritual ignorance a lack of truth and knowledge I already had the Holy Spirit in me I had already become one up in Canada on vacation. God was directing my work. But I listened to a pastor. And out of ignorance and lack of knowledge. I opened a door. The word of God was already my best friend. But I spiritually in ignorance of this truth. And of this spiritual relationship with the word of God. I allowed this demonic familiar spirit to come into my life. I willingly with my free will opened the door. And he would have spiritually taken the place. The role, the responsibilities and the duties. Of the true word of God in my spiritual life. And would have demonically comforted me taught me and would draw me away from the true best friend the word of God himself and lead me closer to Satan's ways of more ignorance and sin being more of an adulterer praying more to the ancestors maybe praying more to other antichrist figures but believing I was praying to God I would have a demonic spirit As my best friend. And I would not even have known it. I would be. I would become. Because of my heart's desire. To be closer. To the Holy Spirit. I would become more adulterous. And intimate. With a demonic spirit. And what would I receive. From this demonic familiar spirit. Spiritual gifts of course. Words and knowledge, dreams and visions, healing anointing, demonic prayer language, prophecies, strong discerning of spirits, out-of-body experiences, astral projection, words of satanic wisdom, physical strength, gifts of teaching, gifts of power, gifts of preaching and psychic powers, and so much more. I would have opened a door to demonic spirits and even to Satan himself by my own 
free will. So in the courtroom, Satan could say, she did it. I offered it. I can't help it. She's ignorant. She freely opened up the door to me and I walked right on in. I always have to take everything back to the courtroom and listen to the evidence. I would have gotten a demonic spirits and gifts of for all the occult practices, communication with unclean spirits, mind reading, cleansing powers, a demonic spirit guide, relaxation, medic, meditation practices, false tongues, influence over others, able to cast spells through prayer, protection and wealth, demonic blessings. Now what my spiritual heart so desired, I would never get. I would get all this. I would have been pouring my spiritual heart out to a demonic familiar spirit and would have never spiritually known what was really spiritually happening to me and why my prayers were never being answered. I would have become a spiritual vessel a home and an instrument of Satan and his kingdom of darkness. And I would never even know this was spiritually happening to me. This starts off sometimes very early with little children in churches that they start moving in gifts. The parents or the grandparents want to believe it's God, but it's not. It's the demonic side at work. Open doors are there. I would become spiritually ineffective and fruitless for God the Most High and His spiritual purposes on earth, His work for the kingdom of heaven. All this due to my spiritual ignorance about the Holy Spirit and the Word of the Most High God. How many times is the Word of God understood through dark lenses of carnality, the flesh, the lust of the eyes? the pride of life, through race, through skin colors, through denominations, political parties, sexual identity, through one's feelings and traditions, the culture and religion, through age, the lack of true spiritual revelations, through bewitchment and sin nature, the lack of reading and studying. I learned valuable lessons this day at church, I failed a major test and I recovered. And I would take the same test again in the future. And I would pass it, but I didn't. It was called the garden hose, but I caught myself. I did take this test in Canada and passed it. Thank you, Holy Father, the Spirit of Truth, for directing me in my work of believing in your word. And thank you for teaching me all these years. And Father, if there's anybody here that would like to come one with you and will allow you, as in verse 8, for you to direct their work in believing in him. In spirit and truth, Father, help them to say yes to you. Help them to allow Isaiah 61 to come into their lives. Help them to see that they probably too have opened many doors in ignorance 
to many demonic spirits. Father, help them. All that are sitting out here at this door that will watch this video. Father, help them to recover themselves from their failed test. If they're saved, help them to see that what they are gotten into and help them recover. If they're not saved, get them there and clean them up. Father, this is your work. Thank you, Father. We, we thank you so much. Amen. Now, I'm ending this part, which is part six, I believe. And I'm going to pick up Isaiah 61, verse 8. Continue on teaching about how the Father, I, the Lord, will direct our work in truth. And I'll go into it in more detail with scriptures, show you what he's talking about out of the word. So that'll be part seven, could be also part eight. And then hopefully we'll be finished with that little section of verse eight and we'll be able to go to the last part of it. And then we can start verse 9. Thank you for coming and listening. Thank you for paying attention and your heart desire. May you be blessed. May you be healed and cleansed from this video. And learn and grow. Love always and forever. Pastor Deborah, I'll see you on the next video. Part 7. Keep coming and learning. And look forward to you. Love always. Bye. Thank you for listening and watching this video. It is an honor and a pleasure to have you stopped by today and watch. This is Pastor Deborah, and I hope you come again and watch many, many more videos and learn and grow spiritually. And hear how she has helped people spiritually, the Lord's way, for many, many years. Come again. Watch another one, and we welcome you to be a subscriber to the channel, to make comments, and if you wish to contact Pastor Deborah, please email her at her email address for the ministry, at pastordeborah at agapeloveishere.org. You can also see these videos on Twitter and on the website in the many different sections that they are put into. Enjoy, and it was once again an honor to have you watch and listen. Thank you, and come again to another video of Agape Love, Love is Here Ministries, a ministry of helping people the Lord's way that Pastor Deborah has been doing for many, many years. Love always and forever, Pastor Deborah.